8. Verse 31, or verse 30. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. I love this. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then answered him, We be Abraham's seed. We were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. Here's a text verse. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I'm going to invite Brother Ronnie Williams to come up front here and lead us to the throne of grace. We appreciate him and his wife. There are no strangers around here. And uh, it's always good to see, have them with us in the service. Lead us to the throne of grace. Our Father, we bow before your throne today in thanksgiving for your love and grace and mercy to all of us who are free indeed in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We rejoice yes. in what he has done for us on the cross, a message that the whole world needs to hear. And we as Americans are so privileged to live in this country, a country that was established on this book and on the freedoms that this book gives through Jesus Christ. And, uh, Lord, many throughout the world do not have that privilege and blessing. It is our responsibility to go with the gospel to the regions beyond. We want to pause here today to thank you for the privilege to live in America, to sit in Bible-preaching churches, to hear men of God like Brother Steins open their hearts as you fed them from your word and the sweet Holy Spirit anoints them to preach to us the truth that makes us free. We bow today in thanksgiving for that. We wait on you now, Lord, to do in our hearts what we need done today. If there's one here that's not saved, we pray that they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And for every one of us who are born again, free in Christ, we'll have a greater burden to go out and be salt and light. Lord, everything that's done here today, so far the singing, the offering, and now the preaching of your word, may it be for your honor and glory and praise. You are worthy. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Amen. The Declaration of Independence was adopted by the Continental Congress July 4, 1776. and announced the separation of 13 American colonies from Great Britain. With this, a new nation was formed. It's called the United States of America. History verifies that Thomas Jefferson, as a composer of the original draft, once completed, Jefferson submitted his draft to Benjamin Franklin and John Adams for changes. Eventually, it made its way into the Congress where it was amended for the last time. Today, we see its details worded. Why Congress was declaring independence from Great Britain. 
the most quoted line of the declaration is this. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator, love that, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our forefathers not only were declaring that this was our freedom, but also declaring it was worth fighting for. The pilgrims came to America fleeing religious persecution in England. I don't know if we truly, if we truly understand the great price that was paid for us to have the privilege of doing what we're doing here today. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I fear, I fear in our area, in our country, we may lose it before we ever wake up and realize what we've lost. I fear that. And so this morning, I want to encourage you to ever be mindful that we didn't have to come to church. We had a great privilege to come to church. We don't have to do this. we be given the great privilege in our nation to have freedom. But it didn't come without a price. So with the help of God, I want to preach on this thought. Freedom's price. And eight things, eight things, you and I ought to ever be thankful. In the midst of all of your plans and family time and vacations and here and yonder and this and that and they're all good. I'm, I'm not being critical of that. They're all good. But my prayer is that somewhere you'll take the time on Tuesday, July the 4th to just thank our God for some things we have today. Oh, may we not take them lightly. I assure you, I assure you, as we sit on these church pews, in our condition, building reasonably comfortable seats, they must be comfortable. I see people go to sleep occasionally, so they must be comfortable. Across this world, there are people that name the name of Christ. And every time they give out a gospel track. Every time they mention His name, they put their life literally in jeopardy to do so. Oh my goodness. May God, may God shake us to recognize what we possess. The word pilgrim means traveler on a journey to a holy place. And amazing. Pilgrims looked at this world we have today in the United States, this country, 
United States of America is a holy place. And the word freedom is the great definition of independence as it results in the choices we make in life. I thank God a group of people chose to make a choice that regardless of the price, they wanted to raise their children to love God and honor God, regardless of the choice. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I'll call heaven to earth to record this day against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both that thou and thy seed may live. And God has done something so wonderful this morning. You're here without a Savior. You know not the Lord as your Savior. He has given you that same choice today. He's given you the choice of life or death. Blessing or cursing. And oh, my soul, I pray you'll choose to trust Him. And for the rest of us, we have a choice. Joshua 24, 15. If it seem evil unto you, serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. My God's not a tyrant. He makes no one do anything. No, I love this. Whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Joshua stood flat-footed and said, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It'll be the heart cry of every father and mother. Regardless of what this world does and what the media does, we all stand flat footed and say, well, I'll just stay. I want to hold my hand and be kind. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Not be ashamed to do so. My, how we need to. Isaiah 7, 15. Brother and honey, shall ye eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. The power of choice. It's one of the greatest freedoms God has given us. The Bible says in Proverbs 1.29, For they that hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. We've been given the great gift of choice. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine why anybody would want to do so. But I must understand, you realize this morning you can choose to go to hell if you want to. You can. That's hard to imagine anybody wanting to choose that. But I, unfortunately, I've seen people that have chosen that. But oh, the other side of that coin, you can choose to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. The Holy Spirit is drawing you and nudging that heart why He is. May you choose to serve and love Christ. Oh, may I say, us as Christians, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You know you've been been pulled from, from death into life. You know that. You know you've got a choice. You have a choice. May I say, you can choose. To serve God and give Him your very best. Or you can choose 
not to. And I am convinced the most miserable people today are those that have one hand on God and one hand in the world trying to live. People all the time say, man, I'm just being torn apart. Right, you are. Amen. Turn loose to the world, get a hold of Christ, and you won't be torn apart. We're, we're trying to, we're, uh, we're, we're literally trying to be, to get all of, of both worlds. Some people want all of this world, all the pleasure, the, the uh, money, all the toys, but then they want to die and they want all that God's got for them as well. Joshua said, make a choice. You have a choice. This morning you have a choice. God has given all of us the great ability to choose. Oh, uh, and I realize, oh my goodness. Let, let me just, throw, I don't know why I need to say this, but just come to mind, so maybe the Lord wants you to say it. Well, well, when, when this happens, when, when this happens, when, when I get this done, when this happens, I'm going to swing and serve the Lord. No, you won't. I've seen hundreds going to do something when. No. The choice you've got to make today, we're going to serve the Lord. It's not open for discussion. It's not open for debate. 1980, uh, me and Miss Steins and... Uh, We'd had five rocky years. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, rocky years. Rough years. In 1980, she come to know Christ as her Savior at a meeting. That day, her life changed. Not only did God save her, and praise God, what a blessing. I brought home a new, I brought home a new woman. Amen. It's just like getting married all over again. I mean, it, it was different, changed. And all in 1980, we made some choices. We made some choices. First choice we made, and I mean just, Lord, the doors at the house of God squeak, we're going to be walking through them. Never has that question ever been asked again? If you ask that question at your house, listen, you ask that question at your house, you'll miss 50% of the time. But oh, may today on this 4th of July, may, may we as God's people make a choice. Make a choice. One time choice. And just do it. Just do it. Sometimes you just got to do it. You say it's always been. No, not always. But it's never been a question. And God just do it. And all the benefits and the blessings have been uh, amazing. Because of the choices. We made many others. But that was one of the big ones we made. Make that choice. So the Bible says... So as we come to this thing of choices and as we think about this holiday, 
we also have a choice to do something else. And that is to be thankful for what God has given us. And I don't know, as I, as I was thinking and preparing last night, I said, that God's given us great ability to choose. And today we have a choice to be thankful and just, just review. I got eight things. Now, some of you that are here a long time, you know I always have three points. These eight points won't be as long as my three points, okay? Now, now don't worry. Uh, when I started out, I had 15 points. But I thought you'd have a heart attack on me, so I decided, well, we better whittle this thing down. But I asked God, well, eight things. God in freedom and a great price. Oh, don't mean a great price has been paid. A great price. The blood of soldiers past and present runs like a river so I can have the choices to do these things. The freedom to do what I'm going to talk about. Then the blood of Jesus Mark from Pilate's Hall all the way to Calvary, that I might have the freedom to do these things. May we realize that freedom comes at a great price. And may we not take these eight things lightly. First of all, the freedom to believe. Our freedom to believe. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. How many things? Are you, are you trying to tell me do you expect make me to believe that if I believe all things are possible? I got by half of you. Do you expect me to believe that if I believe all things are possible? We have the and that's a freedom we have. Parts of this country tonight, this morning. And we're sitting here. If you bring up the name of Jesus and say, I believe in Jesus Christ, they'll cut your head off. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. They'll cut your head off. I mean literally. And, and believe they're doing all a favor by cutting your head off. Right now. Not, not years ago. Now, right now, while we sit here, we have the freedom in this nation to believe. Now, our places, if you even mention the name of Jesus, they'll behead you and never think twice about it. Never have no remorse. Mark 9, 24, straightforward, where the father child cried out, and said with his tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Romans 3, 3, 
For what if some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? What tickles me this morning? If you're here and you say, well, I don't believe. Bless God, it don't affect my belief. If I believe, if I choose the freedom to believe, if I choose to believe God because you don't believe, doesn't have anything to do with it. God will honor. I believe if I choose to believe and we have the freedom... And we take that so lightly that we have the freedom to believe. We have the freedom to believe. Oh, may we not take that lightly. Romans 10, 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen? Praise God. Ephesians 1.19 And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? The exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power. 1 Timothy 6.17 Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who give us richly all things to enjoy. I thank God I live in a nation that as an 11-year-old boy at Acres Road Baptist Church, while Paul Robinson was a-preaching on the prodigal son, I said, well, that's a good preacher, that's not me. That's my brother. I said, boy, preach it on, preacher. That's a good message. Because that was from my brother. He was being his all get out. That's my brother. And then he did something. He stopped in the middle of the message. He said, but you know, that son that stayed home, nobody did everything his father said to do. All right, that's me. That's me. He was just as lost and headed for hell as the prodigal son was. I said, oh no. That's me. God so moved my heart that Sunday. And I live in a nation that I could believe and come and trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior without fear or danger. We take this too lightly. We, we, I, I think we've come to the place, and, and I love our nation. Please don't you ever misunderstand me. I love our nation. I believe this. If you don't love this nation, get out! Get out! Amen? We're too overcrowded anyway. And if you don't think it's the greatest nation, hunt the one is. Be a part of it. Live under a communistic rule, dictatorship. I believe the freedom we have is a wonderful nation and a great nation. But I believe somehow or another we have taken it for granted that God has put us into a place where we could believe. I want to ask you a question. Why? Why? 
Was you born in America? Why wasn't you born in Russia? Why wasn't you born a Talhead? Why wasn't you born an Arab? Why wasn't you born in an Eastern country? Why was you born in America? I'm going to tell you why you were born in America. Because God, in His divine sovereignty, chose for you to be born in America. We, we all, this morning, these, these, these young people and these little boys and girls this morning could be learning how to use a gun or, or, or man a bomb in, in, a, in a foreign country and, and believing and believing if they blew themselves up, they would go to heaven and get 75 virgins and live wonderfully and, and deceive them because when they blow themselves up, they'll wake up in hell lost. We've been given the great gift to believe. Have we, when's the last time you stopped and just said, God, God, I just want to thank you for the freedom to believe. Number two, we got the freedom to live out our faith. All we say here and mention the serving God or His Son means it's a death for some people. We have the freedom to live out our faith. William Bradford, a passenger on the Mayflower and governor of the Plymouth Plantation, of all the sorrows most heavy to be born was that many of the children influenced by these conditions and the great licentiousness of the young people of the country and the many temptations of the city were led by evil example into a dangerous course, getting the reins off their neck and leaving their parents. Some became soldiers, others embarked upon voyages by sea, and others were upon worse course, tending to disillusion us, the danger of their soul, and the great grief of the parents and the dishonor of God. So they saw their posterity would be in danger to degenerate and become corrupt. Bible says in John, I have no greater pleasure than to know my children are walking and loving a holy God. We have the freedom to live out our faith. You realize today, you can walk down in any street in the United States of America and say, listen, can I give you a little something to read? While you're waiting, can I give you a little something to read? You know, we got the freedom to go to a restaurant and at the drive-thru, and you say, preacher, you don't do this. Done it many times. Hand them your food. Say, listen, you can't read this now, but when you get off from work, how about reading this? You know, we got the right to do that. We got the right to do that. You know, we got the right. How many armed soldiers did you go through to come to church today? Yeah. How many soldiers did we have to place at the front of the church so you could get in the doors today? 
See what the devil would love to do is this. The devil would love to create fear. To create fear in the hearts of you and I this morning. He wants to create a fear that says, What what if they get mad? What if they shoot you? What, What if they... What, 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 what if they get angry? You know what we've done? We've allowed fear to override our faith. How many of you believe God's able? No, 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 no. I need to ask it again. How many really believe God's able? Then why does someone say, Boo! You're running hide. We're so fear-driven. We're so fear-driven. It's amazing how fearful we are. We're, we're, we're fearful of everything. And the devil doesn't take much to literally... But we, we started running the bus ministry... And I love some of these organizations. Believe me, we use them. I appreciate their place. They have their place. But if you listen to everything these people are saying, well, I'm going to tell you something. They would strangle the very life out of the ministry. Well, I tell you, well, this might happen, and that might happen, and this might happen, and that might happen, and you have to be doing this, you got to do that. I'm going to tell you something. You won't do nothing for God you listen to that crowd. Most of the time, all they're protecting is their money. Well, you ask an insurance company, what can I do to make my house? And you know what they'll tell you? Put a, a steel cage over it and bars and do all of this stuff. There's because motivated by fear. Oh, the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. May I say, you know, the reason why some of you, some of you, you're tottering around here on the edge. You want to love God. You want to serve God, but you're like you're on the edge. And uh, what maybe maybe this morning. God has asked something of you, and, and uh, now he don't stutter. Let me say something. He said, well, how do you know God says something to you? You know it. You know it. He don't stutter. Amen. And God says something to you, and you say, well, I would, but... You know how you're on the edge, but fear keeps you from stepping in. Stepping into it. We built this building. Lost people would come by and they would stop. Preacher, you're doing a great... Boy, Lord's doing some great things. Man, this is great. We might come when you get it built. I said, well, come on. Come on, love to have you. Christians. Preachers. (laughs) Priesters. Come on. And you know what? They're standing right here. They've not done nothing. They've not built nothing. They're not doing nothing now. Never have done nothing. Standing, boy, preacher, are you sure you're building this economy? Man, work's bad. There ain't no job. Are you sure you're building this economy? 
And I, you know what I do? God help, God help me. I would say, I run up by with them. I say, Oh God, oh God, oh God. Can I pay for what I'm going to do? I can't pay for them. I'm not being with them. I got tired of that one day. I said, No, bless God. I, Lord, you won these buildings. Now, God, it's your building. And if it's your building and your church, and by the way, it is His church, His building, then I'm going to believe you to pay your bills. Believe you to pay for it. And may I say, He ain't never missed a payment. He's always done well. Here tonight, we have freedom to live out our faith. You listen to me. You hear me? I'm not a prophet, but I'm going to make a prophetic statement. It's this. If we don't start living by faith, then pretty soon, fear will take over your lives. We don't live by faith. Fear will get you. We'll be... We'll, 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 we'll have 10 tanks in the yard, M16s hanging in the window, believing it's our job to keep us safe. Now, I'm, I'm thankful for We have a security team here. I'm thankful for them. But now, I love these fellows. I love them with all my heart. But I'm not trusting them to keep us safe. I'm trusting the Holy God to keep us safe. Who are you trusting? Some of you are trusting that job. Some of you are trusting in the money you got in the bank. Some of you are trusting your own strength and ability. Now I'm going to tell you something. I preached this. Now I've lived this. So I'm preaching this a little different. In a moment of time, a split second in time, you can be strong and healthy, and feel good, and take on the world. And in a split second in time, somebody can be leading you to the car to go to the hospital. You can't even get a good word out. And then you spend days, God reminds you that we don't, you ain't strong enough to handle it. You're not strong enough to handle it. Number three, I'll hurry. I have the freedom to believe, freedom to live out my faith, freedom to worship. One time I had a man come to church here and preached a, a week's revival. And uh, sitting my thorns up here, he said, Boy, preacher, you got a great church. But you need to teach your people how to worship. And I've, I've thought about that so many times. What is worship? What is worship? Is worship running down the aisles? I think so, it is. Hanging with chandeliers? Not here because they'll fall. Too fat. Is it shouting? I think that's part of it. I'm going to ask you a question. Somebody sitting in a church pew, and all of a sudden God squeezes their heart. And the water starts running out their eyes. Would you play, please tell me, what's that? What's that? Would you please tell me this? What about the person that's sitting on the church pew? 
On the outside, there ain't no emotions whatsoever. But on the inside, God's just stirring the heart. And so they said, you know, you know what? I, I can help on missions. I, 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 God, Holy Ghost starts stirring the heart. Said, I tell you what, dude, I, I, I can do without a meal a week. Now I, I can put some money in the missions. Would you please tell me what that is? Oh, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how you worship. Just worship. You got the freedom to do so. I love Job. I just love Job. If the song just singing, he wants to shout, he shouts. I love, I love that. You say, well, I don't like it. You Join him. You'll like it. Amen. Help him out. One time, Dr. Dr. Howes and and uh, um, said, I, I, well, how's I, I, I just get so tired of so-and-so jumping up and testifying and bringing on, bringing on God every service. Dr. Howes said, okay, so I got a solution. Beat him up. Beat him up. You get up first. Get ahead of him. Get ahead of him. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. We got the freedom to worship and the fellowship. With God. Gee, John 420, the Bible says, Oh dear woman, she's she's by the well side car. She's lost. She's had she got five husbands and shacking up. Her life's a mess. She comes that day to get some water. Now on the on the wells, send an old Jew. He says, would you get me a drink of water? She said, why aren't you, would you asking me, a Samaritan? I'm a half-breed. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm a dog to you. He said, if you just knew who you was asking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love this. He went on to share with her about that water that would change your life. Then all of a sudden, she got talking about worship. So our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. You, you worship, you know not what, you know what we worship for salvation is of the Jew. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Now let me be honest, good and bow straight with you. You can't worship with a heart full of hell. Amen. Young people can't worship. All the young people, when you got a bunch of junk in your heart, you have to worship Him in spirit and in truth. If it's true worship, He won't accept it. That's done in, in truth. We have the privilege. We have the privilege. In America, you know what you can do? You can get on the street on corner and preach like, like, like the woods is on fire and shout and praise God. People might laugh and make fun. But you got freedom to do so. And let me say something. You say, I don't like that word worship. I don't want to worship. Would you, you might need to reconsider where you want to go to heaven. Yeah. 
because there's going to be a heap a lot of worship in heaven. Someone says, what's the first thing you believe you're going to hear when you get to heaven? I think you're going to be shocked. There'll be a crowd over here saying, He's holy! He's holy! And there'll be a crowd on this side of hollering backs saying, Yes, He's holy! And He is holy. And we have the freedom to worship. We take it so lightly. You know, ain't it amazing? I, I, I try to get folks and encourage them. But you know what's the greatest thing that'll help you to really get settled and grounded? Is you just need to fall in love with the Savior. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm on the road. I'm, I go all the time. And uh, I mean, just go. And oh, I'm going to tell you something. I, I love my wife. And boy, when it's time to go home, it ain't, it ain't no problem getting home. I mean, I may speak once in a while, but I like getting home. Well, you know what? I love the Savior. So it ain't no problem coming to worship Him. But when you love something, you do it. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Sitting here this morning, people proclaim, Yeah, I'm saved, preacher. Yeah, I know Jesus is my Savior. Yes, yes, yes. But they don't have enough love for the Savior. They'll sell him out, swap him off for something else when they could be here to worship. Trust me. We better not take out lightly. One day we won't have the opportunity. If you don't think this world's been attacked and churches are being attacked, think again. Let me just give you one. A picture friend of mine is pastors of a large church in, in Indiana. A few years ago, they put legislation in. And here's the, here's the thinking. Well, the churches, they get police protection and they get fire protection. So they need to pay their fair share of tax. That was the, that was the, the premise of I think it makes good sense from a human point of view, not from a God point of view. And they said, what we're going to do, we're not going to, we're not going to tax them, but we're going to tax their property. And they started with about 3% of the value of their property. Right now, our property is valued at what? Our property here is valued at million dollars. 3% would bankrupt us. We would cease from having church. Now it didn't pass. They didn't expect it to pass. But you know what they did? They just done it to desensitize you and I. Someone that won't bring it up in the future. There won't be much battle for it. You know why? Because after all, church ain't no big thing. Yeah. Oh, we were going to do this this evening. No, we can't. There ain't no big thing. And I fear we'll lose it before we ever learn to appreciate it. Boy, I love the church. I, love, I appreciate having a place to worship. And then, man, I said we've got the freedom to pray. We have the freedom to pray. I, 
I'm not going to have time to develop all these. And but we got the freedom to pray. Maybe, maybe not take it lightly. Right now, our youngins can can gather around the flagpole and pray at the school. They are, are uh, meeting around the fa- flagpole to pray. May I say this? They can take prayer out of our our government. They can take prayer out of our schools, but they cannot take prayer off the lips of an individual Christian that chooses to pray. We have the freedom to pray. Then last, then we have freedom to have a say in our government. I'm going to mention this, but just once. In this last presidential election, 30 million professed Christians did not vote. One man said, All that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. All that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. I'm not here to debate with you about voting or whatever. I'm just saying this. If we don't take the, the freedom to have a voice in what's going on in our country, don't be surprised if we lose the privilege of serving God in our country. Have the freedom of speech. Praise God for that. I thank God. One of, the, one of the free speech is one of the most sacred rights enshrined in the U.S. Constitution. We have freedom to petition our government. We literally can petition our government. Then we got the freedom to pursue happiness. A lot of people are pursuing happiness in a lot of different places. But I say, Psalms 1, 1, Blessed is the man that walketh happy. Happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Peter summarized it all very well. He said, Beloved, think not strange concerning the fiery trials which shall try you as some strange things happen to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad and with exceeding joy. The happiest person I've got the pursuit of happiness. And I found this. The happiness is found in loving and serving Jesus Christ. Someone's, you know, the devil's fed, this, fed us the lie. He said, you're not going to be happy unless you get on the drug scene. But I'm going to ask you something. How many dope addicts have you seen really happy? You're going to be happy unless you have freedom to, to drink. And, and how, many, how many alcoholics you, you met really happy? Huh? Well, you won't be happy if you get the latest and greatest and most of it. Toys are more toys wins. Oh, then why aren't they happy? Truth of the matter is, genuine happiness is first of all knowing Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. If you're this morning and you know not Him. It's more than just missing hell, and you will. That's enough reason. Say amen. amen. Praise God. That's enough reason. But it's more than just missing hell. Man, you get gain heaven. And the happiest and most satisfying place 
Somebody said last night in prayer time, said this, and it's a powerful statement. Said, the closer I get to Jesus, the less this world means to me at all. And how true that is. Here this morning, we have the freedom to have all those things. They're here. And you know what? You got the freedom. You got the freedom. If you're lost, just a moment to slip out of your pew and come right down here and I'll have somebody to take a Bible and show you how you got the freedom to accept Christ today. Change your life. Heaven's your home. You got the freedom to do that. Hey, dear Christian, you got the freedom this morning to come and say, God, I'm not what I should be. Not what I used to be, but I'm not where I should be. And help me to make the choices that would please you. And realize you'll find the happiness that nothing in this world. Boy, I tell you what, there's nothing like when you pillow your head at night, knowing that the best of your ability, you're right with God. I mean, you just sleep. It's restful. How wonderful it is to trust Christ. So I'll stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.